This is episode 45 of Everyday Wellness, Gut Health Tips from the Guru with Dr. Jill Carnahan. I'm Dr. Kelly Donahue, clinical health psychologist and mind-body coach, here with my co-host, Cynthia Thurlow, nurse practitioner and functional nutritionist. Together, we have over 25 years of experience in wellness, nutrition, nursing, and psychology. Our goal here is to share easy strategies to help as many people as possible become healthier. You can help us attain this goal by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. The process takes just a few minutes and allows our podcast to be seen when listeners are searching for high-quality podcasts in health and wellness. We are so grateful that you are here and for taking time to leave us a review. Now, let's get started. Welcome to Everyday Wellness. Wellness is the result of the decisions that you make every day. It's your mindset and the thoughts you believe. Wellness is the food you put in your body and the relationship you have with yourself and others. Wellness is your work and meaning. Join us on Everyday Wellness as we explore ways that you can choose wellness today. Good morning. We're delighted to have Dr. Jill with us this morning. Um, I have been following her on social media for several years. So let's just dive right in. She is part of the first 100 plus healthcare practitioners to be certified in functional medicine through the Institute of Functional Medicine. She is also duly board certified in family medicine um, and again, integrative holistic medicine. She actually resides out in Colorado, which is one of our favorite places, mm-hmm. uh, where she has a widely sought after medical clinic. And there she helps her patients find the answers to the causes of their illnesses and the nutritional and biochemical imbalances that may be present. She uses a personalized medicine to uncover the root cause of disease instead of just treating symptoms. I love it. She may use diet, supplements, lifestyle changes, or medication to treat illness, but seeks the most gentle ways to help restore the body. She promotes wellness and creates hope health and healing by working with her patients. Welcome, Dr. Jill. We are so excited to have you with us this morning. Thank you so much, Cynthia. I'm excited to be here. We'd like to start out with understanding a little bit more about how you got to where you are. And as we understand it, like many of us in this field, you've had your own personal health journey that's helped you to arrive at this point. So could you please share with us a little bit about your health journey and how that led you to where you are now? Sure. So yes, we all have this kind of hero's journey and it's not always like what we would have chosen, but now looking back, there's no way I would be the kind of physician um, or the, have the compassion or understanding without having gone through what I did. I was a third year medical student at my uh, Loyola University in Chicago and I found a lump in my breast and I really did not think anything of it. You know, you're 25 and you kind of think, you don't think anything's that serious, but I did end up getting it checked out and had a biopsy and I remember my surgeon calling me and saying, Jill, you know, I don't even know how to tell you this, but this is aggressive. It's breast cancer and 25 year old woman. And that means it's really, really serious. Um, Mm -hmm. Many women know this, but others don't. Um, When you get breast cancer in your 20s or 30s, basically any time below under the age of 40, it's often a death sentence. It is so aggressive in young women. Um, And I was with a group, I've said this before, but there was a group of 12 of us, um, young women under 40 in Chicago that had a support group. 
I'm the only one still living. So oh it's wow. it's oh profound gosh. to me the fact that um, I feel like there was a great purpose in my cancer. Mm-hmm. So I dove into treatment and trying to figure out what to do. And you know, you're in medical school and you have all the knowledge and research at your fingertips. But I have such compassion for people facing decisions and treatment. And maybe some of your listeners um, are having those kinds of decisions right now because here I was with everything at my fingertips as far as um, the research and the expert opinions. And it was so difficult to figure out what to do because we think that medicine's all black and white and it's Mm -hmm. very very gray there's not most of the time black and white answers so I ended up because of the aggressive nature of my cancer I did three drug chemotherapy I did radiation I had multiple surgeries I pretty much did as much aggressive treatment as possible and you know it's funny the cancer was easy to beat it's the recovery from the treatment Mm -hmm. that I've dealt with for the last 17 18 years and I don't regret it like I tell people going into these kinds of decisions you make a decision with the best information that you have at the time and you never look back and I haven't I have no regret because it probably saved my life but the toxic therapies have had a profound effect on my immune system um, in the years uh, after that I can just imagine what an incredible story and I, and I think you know I'm a, a Western medicine trained nurse practitioner and so you know I, I understand you know as we're kind of learning how to treat disease uh, in our training and, and how that kind of evolves and shapes um, our perspectives and and you know certainly our own you know decisions now I know that you also have uh, have dealt with Crohn's. Now, did the Crohn's come after or did that come before you were actually treated for breast cancer? Yeah, that came six months after I finished my mm-hmm. treatment. And it's kind of, you know, any autoimmune disease has yeah. a component of genetics, like a predisposition, and then some environmental trigger, and it always has to do with the gut. So mm-hmm. I was really the perfect storm for autoimmune disease because yeah. I had a genetic SNP called um, NOD2, mm-hmm. which is a high risk for Crohn's disease. I didn't know that. I also had the celiac genetics, and I was eating gluten. So two things in my disfavor for um, the gut issues. And then the chemotherapy, one of the ways that it attacks um, cancer cells is it attacks all rapidly dividing cells Mm -hmm. so basically that would include gut lining and reproductive organs and brain and all kinds of tissues so you have a lot of collateral damage and there's no doubt that the chemotherapy I took um, had a really massive impact on damaging my gut lining Mm -hmm. and then in addition to the genetics and a a not great diet at that time um, I think it was the perfect storm to trigger the Crohn's disease into action. Wow and at that time were you versed in these functional approaches so were you cognizant of how you might go about repairing your gut? Yes, great question. So I had gone into medical school. I actually had applied at the same time to you know, naturopathic school, chiropractic school, traditional Chinese um, uh, training, and because my heart had always been of like a natural healer. I wanted to heal versus just treat with drugs and surgery. So when I got accepted into several allopathic schools in Chicago, I really realized, you know, if I want to change the system and want to make a difference, I'm going to have to go in the conventional setting and do that. So I literally went into medical school with the heart of a naturopath, like I had a very different wow. mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up on a farm with lots of fresh produce, and my mother was always, you know, trying to avoid antibiotics. So from a young age, I kind of learned how to live well and try to prevent disease. And I really was curious about how to stay well, live well, prevent and reverse disease. Um, and fortunately, I just thought if I ever did overseas work or any sort of thing within the system, these sadly, but it's true that still the allopathic MD degree carries the most weight mm-hmm. as far as system, you know, that, that we have. So I ended up, and you know that because you're trained in the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I have such respect for my colleagues because so often they teach me stuff like my naturopath friends and my acupuncturist Mm -hmm. friends 
But um, for me, it was a real journey to go into the system, learn it really, really well, because what I wanted to bring to functional medicine and what I hope I still bring is the science and the great Mm -hmm. uh, credibility of showing that we have this great science-based new paradigm that we can do to actually reverse disease. So long answer to your short question was I always had the heart of a kind of a a more uh, Mm natural-minded healer, but it definitely took it to a new level when I got sick because I had to choose between conventional and natural, and I ended up doing conventional but at the same time I had you know pastoral care prayer of family and friends and then I had uh, nutritional supplementation I had uh, massage therapy I had acupuncture so I had a lot of things combining both western and and, um, more integrative approaches and that really makes a huge difference I mean without going into my healthcare uh, journey this year myself uh, you know there's absolutely a place for that western medicine mindset and when you're acutely ill like I was Mm -hmm. Um, what was humorous to me, you know, kind of having my functional training as well was being in the hospital and recognizing that I needed to shut part of my brain off just so I could, you know, get out of the hospital to be well enough to undergo surgery. But I was humored that about half of my physicians were, um, you know, more traditionally focused. And then the other half, you know, my GI doc, my surgeon, Mm -hmm. um, and one of the other physicians were like, listen, you know, I want you to continue eating the kind of diet you have been eating. That's why you rebounded so quickly. Mm. Um, don't drink insure. Don't eat ice cream. You know, it was everyone was trying to yes. give me all these strategies yes. to, to gain weight. And I just said, you know, no, sugar's not really going to help me Good. right now. Um, but really interesting to be, you know, be on the inside of, you know, being a patient, you know, the whole concept of surrender. I know Kelly and I have talked a lot about yes. that um, concept of surrender and just allowing others to care for you, but recognizing that, you know, there's more to it than just the physicality, you know, the emotional side and all the other things that I've done since I've been in uh, to, you know, heal that, you know, brain, body and spirit. Uh, and I, I keep laughing about the fact that after six weeks of antifungals and antibiotics, I was like, my poor gut, everything I've been doing yeah. to Yes. heal it moving forward because I was like you know I don't want to end up with you know some type of autoimmune hiccup six months from now which I know the likelihood of that is certainly stronger so true and it is hard to balance because we mm-hmm. with trauma or surgeries or a heart attack or even cancer the conventional system has some things to offer mm-hmm. so it's 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 just finding out how to I always feel like you you maybe do have to do the conventional but then you have to make yes. sure you're doing the healing and the recovery with absolutely integrative, just like Abs- you said Absolutely. I had to laugh. And, and you can appreciate this. I know Kelly and I've also chatted about this. But, um, you know, at one point, I, I had so much bowel rust going on that they, they were like, you know, you're starving, we need to feed you. And when they came in to talk about TPN, I, my cousin, who's a surgeon was sitting next to me. And I said, Oh, I can't do that. That's, yeah. that's full of soy. And my cousin <laughs> right. was like, I want you to stop thinking <laughs> and recognize you're going to starve. So you're going yeah. to say yes to the TPN. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, TPN is yep. uh, total parental nutrition. It's, you know, food in a bag. Uh, yep. But mine is my, it was full of, you know, fats and lipids and soy to, um, you know, try to give my body some nourishment uh, because I couldn't eat the traditional mm-hmm. way, you know, and, and, and my digestive system needed a break. Yes, like you said, you do have to kind of like these toxic chemotherapy. I had three really, really toxic chemotherapeutic agents. One of them, cytoxin, which a lot of mm-hmm. women with breast cancer get. Now, one of the mechanisms that's coming out in the research is actually induction of leaky gut because oh, it causes translocation of uh, the lip, the things like lipopolysaccharides mm-hmm. that will induce the body to actually attack the cancer cells. So they think that one of the mechanisms is actually creating a more permeable gut, which is wow. crazy, right? Because we're trying that to prevent crazy. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Hmm. Well, Dr. Jill, you mentioned that you used acupuncture and nutrition in combination with more conventional approaches. And I have a feeling that that's informed what you do now with your own patients and clients. Can you talk to us a little bit more about how you bring kind of conventional and uh, more functional perspectives together in the work that you do on a regular basis? Yeah, so a perfect example would be Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, which I treat a lot of because of my history. Mm -hmm. And many of these patients come in on immune-modulating drugs, which are heavy hitters. Mm -hmm. Um, They do sometimes save lives. So there's a purpose, and when they're in a crisis, they can start to calm down that inflammation. They basically block the immune system from that inflammatory response. But it's non-selective, and so it blocks good things that the immune Mm -hmm. system does as well. So, for example, uh, as kind of a balanced approach, they might come in on Humira or um, some of the Intibio drugs drugs and I will not touch the drug and I'll try to look at the root cause. So we'll look at stool testing, organic acids, other infectious causes or toxic triggers. Um, In my mind at the core of functional medicine, it's usually infections or toxins. And that may sound simplistic, but I find almost all the complex cases have a certain load of either infectious burden, uh, viruses, bacteria, dysbiosis, um, or toxic load, which could be heavy metals, mold, um, et cetera, et cetera. So looking at those kinds of pieces. So I will maybe leave them on their medication. I'll dive deep, try to find the root cause, start the reversal, which could take four to six months. And then as they're doing better and better and in conjunction with their gastroenterologist, we may start to wean or take them off the meds when it's appropriate. And what a what a benefit that you offer your patients, you know, having that duality training, uh, you know, I, I think that we're going to find as we move forward and, and certainly uh, over the last 20 years of working in, you know, Western medicine and, and in the last few years working in a more functional nutrition kind of space, mm-hmm. I think things are really evolving as, as patients are looking for alternatives. They're open-minded enough to acknowledge there's a time and a place for everything, yes. uh, but really looking for something beyond just hitting it hard with a drug, um, digging a bit deeper, because I see so much value in changing the way that we're eating. That was something for me, all of my um, nurse practitioner experiences in cardiology. And it got to a point where I kept saying, gosh, a lot of what we're telling patients is just flat out wrong about saturated fat amongst other things. Um, But realizing the people that really did the work and really changed their diet and really started focusing on self-care had profound impact on, you know, their recovery and their long-term, you know, the kind of longitudinally uh, looking at the quality of life factors that I think are so important. Gosh, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's just so critical for patients to really realize that they have the, and just empowering them Mm because so often they feel like a victim in the system and they're just being told what to do. Whereas if you give them, like part of what I do, I'm sure you do too, not even part, the majority of what I do is educate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if they're buying in and they understand the process, they can take it from there and really um, do the things they need to do because they understand why. Taking ownership is important. I want to dig just a little bit deeper on what you mentioned as the root causes of so many chronic illnesses being um, toxins and some sort of infections. Do you have a sense for where these things are coming from? Obviously, it's not one single source, but from your experience, where are you seeing these, the causes of toxins and infections? Yeah. Oh, I love that you're diving right into this because this is really, if I think back, it was probably 18 years ago when I started practice. Um, 
There were so many fairly simple cases, like someone with menopause symptoms or hypothyroid or Hashimoto's. It was very straightforward. There was kind of a, you know, treat the gut, they get better. And now it's never that way. I shouldn't say never, but at least the people who come into my office, there's a, so many layers of complexity. They've been everywhere, they've done everything, and it's really the difference now is this toxic and infectious load, and they go together. So our environment, literally hundreds of thousands of chemicals are being approved every year without hardly any testing on humans for safety and most of them have very long half-lives so they accumulate in our environment and um, it's very hard to get rid of them so they're just accumulating at exponential rates and we're designed to detoxify so we're born with all the capacity to detoxify chemicals even things that are man-made but we are all overloaded because we're swimming in this toxic soup and we just can't keep up. And this is one reason why I teach almost every patient that I see that the important thing is not just a 21-day detox, which can mm -hmm. be a great jump start, but actually more than just the 21 days, the daily, daily detoxification things. So people are practicing daily things like infrared sauna or Epsom salt baths or whatever it is that will allow them to really, really daily decrease their load and if they're not doing daily practices they're mm -hmm. going to be overloaded and yeah. the infections come in because it weakens the immune system and so then the infections which we all have had like say it's um, varicella or hhv6 mm -hmm. or coxsackie virus or epstein-barr we've all had many of these and they lie dormant in our system but when we're overloaded with toxins and um, weakened state due to stress lack of sleep poor diet um, the infections can pop up and reactivate and cause trouble I love that explanation, and I love that you're also talking about doing simple things regularly, mm -hmm. simple things yes. daily to really not only treat, but to prevent these issues from occurring. Well, and I think, you know, the concept of detox has kind of become a hot buzzword, and yet I find that um, many people don't understand that our bodies do that naturally. Um, you know, I, I had a discussion last night and I was saying, you know, when we breathe, when we sweat, when we urinate, when we defecate, all those things um, is our body's own way. But as you mentioned, uh, just the onslaught of, you know, the environment, the personal care products we use, the food we eat, uh, you know, really overtaxes the body. So, so, so important. And I love that you're having those discussions with your patients, Dr. Jill. I think that's hugely beneficial. And I'm, I, I just think it's, it's so vital and so necessary. Thank you. Yeah, that's the education again, because they really have to understand that um, they can pick whatever works for them. It mm -hmm. may not be everybody has to buy a sauna, but there mm -hmm. are things that if they're not really putting them some things into place, and really it starts with clean air, clean mm -hmm. water, clean food. It can be super, super simple stuff by choosing good food, making sure the air supply in their house and workplace is clean with air filters or whatever it takes, and clean water. So it can be that simple. Do you have a favorite water filtration system that you recommend? I kind of go back and forth on this, so yeah. I, I would love to get your input. Oh, I love So this is a great question because I don't have the perfect answer. I do have a countertop Berkey that I love. Mm -hmm. I feel like it takes less of the minerals out because what happens with the RO systems, which mm -hmm. is reversed osmosis for your listeners, um, they're amazing as far as the, the how, how good they filter um, and what particulate size and stuff. But they tend to give us a very acidic product because it depletes the minerals. Mm -hmm. And acidic water is just not good. So I do have in my office a purifying system that does alkaline water, and that's ideal. The problem with alkaline water is if you drink it with meal, you dilute your stomach acid so mm -hmm. ideally that's done between meals after sauna and it's amazing you can buy alkaline water um, so I would say the Berkey water filter for a countertop system um, when it comes to house, whole house filters or shower filters almost the only thing you're going to find is RO systems which are fine mm -hmm. you just have to be very cognizant of getting the minerals either taking yeah. extra minerals or or um, getting them back um, I also love 
the European mineral waters like San Pellegrino because mm-hmm. they're naturally full of minerals and they're pure. So spring waters, natural mineral waters, you just have to be careful of source because now, you know, some of the ones like Carrier was bought out and it's actually a very acidic product. I don't don't even like that mineral water. So mm. there's certain ones. Gerald Steiner, which is a German brand, and I'm probably not pronouncing that right, is a really good as far as the testing for calcium, magnesium, and minerals, one of the highest content. But that mm-hmm. one's a little harder to find than Pellegrino. You know, it's interesting. They actually sell it in Trader Joe's. So that's oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So I've, I've had some patients that, you know, we've referred them on to, to consume that. Uh, but yeah, I think a lot of people got on the reverse osmosis bandwagon, and then they're mm-hmm. very saddened to find that they're yes. there mineral poor yes, in, their, exactly. in their water systems. Yeah. Now, if you do the reverse osmosis, because I know that that's probably more common and well-known than some of the other waters you were mentioning, can you add back the minerals with some yes. sort of like mineral drops? Yeah. So there's all those trace mineral drops. Um, I think Concentrace is one, and there's probably mm-hmm. other brands and things. And that's what I recommend. And for example, I mean, I, I'm detoxing all the time, and zinc and magnesium are two of the key minerals. And mm-hmm. for me, I can, almost can't get enough. I mean, I take a lot of zinc and magnesium every day. And I think people don't realize how much they may need, especially of those two in particular. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense, you know, and I think magnesium has become kind of a a catch-all, and and certainly in cardiology, we do a lot of repletion, and I was laughing because I've gotten so savvy. Um, someone said, oh, what, what supplement do you recommend I take? And I was like, well, most of us are stressed, so we're burning through more minerals. Yes. But yes. I take it orally. I take it transdermally. I soak in it. Yes. I said, you know, yes. you just can't get enough magnesium. I said, and it, you know, it's so self-limiting. But, um, you know, I think someone did a, I was looking at a study, and it was comparing different types of formulations of magnesium. Obviously, there's lots of them. And, you know, MagOx is kind of like the gold standard of what we give patients in the hospital. And I think the... Um, actual absorptive capacity of the supplement was like 11%. And I was like, here we are. It's like we're throwing, you're going to throw a cup of water on a big forest fire. It does nothing. Um, Yes. And even more, I've found recently the soils, I mean, part of the issue mm -hmm. is soils depletion of minerals. And they're really, really, so the soils of today compared to 100 years ago when our great-grandparents were eating apples and things from good, rich soil is about a fifth of the magnesium content. So even if we get good, wonderful organic food, Mm -hmm. um, most of the time the soils are so depleted that um, we're not going to get the magnesium from that anyway. That's a really good point. Well, Dr. Jill, you've been so helpful with giving us some practical tips, and we like to ask our guests at the end of our sessions to describe two things that they would recommend for our listeners, two things that they could do every day to really improve their overall health and wellness. Oh, I love it. So um, I'm just going to talk from personal experience. I've been doing detox and all this other stuff for a lot of years, and I think that's all important. But something recently that um, I have not been doing well and I'm committed to improving and learning is breathing. Mm -hmm. Um, I just take for granted, and I'm always go, 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 kind of adrenaline type A. And um, some friends of mine recently have been really into the Wim Hof breathing methods and a couple of the types of specific training and breathing. And I just started to commit to doing these every day. And it's really, really powerful because what a simple thing. It costs nothing. We all do it anyway. So it's like the most simple thing your listeners could actually implement. Mm -hmm. And it makes a profound difference on the, we talk about stress levels and sympathetic, parasympathetic. You can actually transition your your system from the stress hormone sympathetic overdrive to a parasympathetic state just through breath. So breathing would be number one. And again, I'm talking because I need to do it and I'm going to (laughs) commit publicly that I'm going to be doing that. And number two, um, prayer and meditation, um, 
huge. And just getting to a state where whatever kind of higher power you might believe in. Um, for me, obviously, I have a faith in, in God, and that's I use prayer and meditation. But so many times if I'm talking to other colleagues about business or this or that, they'll say, you know, Jill, what was your secret to success? And at the core, I'll just tell you, it's a lot of prayer. And it's a lot of believing and understanding that good things will happen if I put myself in the right place and surrender and show up. And so I just want to encourage those people who feel like they maybe are facing a hopeless situation in a relationship or with their health or um, that prayer meditation and that actually surrendering it to a greater purpose. And even in my suffering with cancer we talked about, I remember very early God gave me a verse about this sickness won't end in death, but it'll be for my glory. And all the way through the pain and suffering, I kind of knew, okay, somewhere there's a purpose here. Mm -hmm. And it helped me get through so much pain and suffering. And now I look back and I'm healthy and vibrant and I got through it and I have a story. And it's so clear that that had a great, great purpose in my life. But when you're in the midst of it, and some of your listeners are going to be right in the midst of something today where it's seems hopeless you can't see your way out but I promise you there's some if you can just grab onto the fact that there will be purpose and believe that um, I, I just know that that will come to fruition Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. And such a pleasure to have you on. I, I know how busy your practice is. And we had a technical glitch the last time we tried to connect. So thank you so much for carving out time to speak yes, to our thank listeners. Thank you, first of all, for your patience with me, for your such honoring my time today. And it, it is just a joy. I hope we can do it again. Absolutely. We would love that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find out more about Cynthia and her work at chtwellness.com. And you can find out more about Kelly and her work at everydaytherapist.com. In addition, if you have questions for us or topics you'd like us to address, please email us at everydaywellnesspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.